0: And welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy Rewatch Podcast.
1: I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her.
0: I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast,
1: so whether you're watching for the first time,
0: or longtime
1: fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too.
0: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy,
1: discuss the show's cultural impact,
0: and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Now, onto the episode.
1: Season 6, Episode 12, Double Meat Palace.
0: Here we go again.
1: Here we go again. Uh, Explain what that means, (laughs) Kara.
0: It's currently Thursday, September 21st. We tried to record this episode on Tuesday, September 19th. I was 33 years old when we first recorded this episode. I am now 34. Make of that what you will, listeners.
1: Happy birthday!
0: thank you what happened when we were recording on tuesday steph
1: i fucked up all right i fucked up um as much as i know all our listeners assume we're recording in a very fancy studio <laughs> we're, we're just we've got we, we record on our home offices we, we have our own tech we do our own plugins and stuff and and mine went haywire long story short I lost the first half of my recording for this episode. So Kara so graciously turned 34 and then was like, yeah, sure, let's record again the first half of Double Meat Palace. And it's so funny, Kara, because it it feels like we are being Double Meat palaced. Like we are yeah. stuck in this loop, this never-ending cycle of covering this episode that I don't like that much.
0: <laughs> Whereas I, much like... Several people who wrote into us because we had got multiple hot stakes in defense of this episode. So y'all are not alone. I really like this episode. i I think there are definitely problems with it. I don't think it's like a standout episode of season six but it has its charms.
1: Yeah. So before we get into everything, I wanted to do a quick little shout out. Leia, our friend and host from Investigating Angel podcast, has asked me to do a little promo for the I Will Remember You Fiction Marathon that is being launched in November. So apparently, this is um, a month long event that has been going on for years and years and years. But this. Time around, it's got a couple new collaborators working on it. So basically, if you love I Will Remember You from Angel Season 1, and you are a fan fiction writer or someone who enjoys reading fan fiction from Buffy. Uh, maybe you're an artist that likes to create content or fan edits or anything like that. This is the marathon for you. So go on to Instagram and you will find the I will remember you marathon handle and I'll make sure it's in our Instagram stories and posts for everyone to see and sign up. You can just enjoy the content that comes out in November, or you can participate. So I think it sounds like a lot of fun. We love the Buffy community, and this is something annual that they do every every year, and I think it's great. And also, if you have any questions about it, go over to Investigating Angel and uh, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, tell me more. Back to Double Meat Palace. Yeah, this episode, uh, historically for me, I remember it as always being, like, ho-hum. Like, I remember everyone likes to shit on beer bad, but, like, this one's sitting right here for everyone to pick at, and it just doesn't get as much hate. So I found it very boring. But then I realized as I was watching that it's supposed to be boring, right? Like, it's... it's Yes. The villain is stupid in this episode, let's get serious, but um, it's not really who, like, the, the monster of the week is. It is the drudgeries of capitalism like that is what they're getting poking fun at here that is what they're getting at exactly and i always know that like whatever episodes i don't enjoy watching because this one was so boring to me i know you and i are gonna have a great time recapping <laughs> the episode together
0: we did and <laughs> now we're doing half <laughs> of it again
1: we just loved it so much we came back for more <laughs> so yeah so again we've recorded this before if you you know what if Any listener out there can pinpoint the exact moment we switch from this new recording today to the old one (laughs) when Carl was 33. You're going to get a prize, all right? You can message us and say, it's at this moment. And if you're right and the first person to do that, Prophecy Girls will send you something, something cute. (laughs) So let's get into it. We start off at the summer's home. Xander, Anya, and Willow are discussing the trio after Willow met them in Gone. If you noticed, because Xander's bringing this huge bowl of popcorn over, Xander eats this entire episode Like he's always eating.
0: Sorry, I think we need to clarify that he's eating in the verbal sense of like eating food and not in the colloquial sense that the the term means nowadays on social media,
1: right? (laughs) You're so hip. You're so with it, Kara. (laughs) So Xander is saying that um, he gets Warren being a supervillainy type, but I thought Jonathan had completely learned that lesson. And I was like, why would you assume that Jonathan learned his lesson, Xander? To know that, you would have to have known what he did in Superstar, let Buffy scold him like the bad boy that he was, and then followed up with him later, right? But as you and I pointed out at the end of Superstar, we were like, no one's going to check in with Jonathan. It's just, it's just kind of like a slap on the hand and then off he goes into the world, right? Like no one checked in with this guy. So... There's no reason you would assume that he's learned any sort of lesson. Clearly he hasn't. Willow says, you should have seen the headquarters. It was nerd a nerd's natural habitat. Anya says, um, they know where they are, then shouldn't we do something? Willow starts to say that they tried, and Anya interrupts her and says, Speaking of Buffy, isn't she ready? She's gonna be late for her first day. And Willow says, Hey, respect the narrative flow much. And Anya's like, oh yes, please continue the story of failure. So Willow says, Buffy went in, but they had cleared out already she brought back the stuff that they left behind, like spell books, some parchments, a couple of rare things, charmed objects, a conjurer's harp. And um, she's saying these objects like she misses Quick
0: sidebar. How do you think this might have been different if this episode were filmed now, in the age of social media, where if you don't know much about somebody, you might try to stalk them online, right? You'd creep their profiles. Like, I feel like if this were being filmed now, Willow would be getting on the net and looking up, you know, Jonathan and Warren and this new guy, Andrew's profiles and trying to like learn more about them and where they might be hiding. Obviously, that's not an, an option right now, right?
1: Yeah, It would definitely make things a lot simpler just to like get some background on people. That is if their, you know, profile is not private. Uh, We already know that Angel went to LA to invent Instagram. (laughs) He's probably doing it as we speak, so. For his
0: charcuterie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he can share his charcuterie pictures (laughs) and good for him. So hopefully that'll catch up real soon because we need to catch Warren.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Is this the real reason why Angel and Buffy can't be together? It's because she likes dinner in a bag and he likes dinner on a board?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're fundamentally at odds.
0: irreconcilable differences.
1: (laughs) So Willow says that they did also leave behind razor scooters and pictures of the Vulcan women on Enterprise. And Xander's like, ooh, I mean, nerds. So just a quick reminder that if the circumstances were different, Xander could easily have been in the trio. So Anya says, this is why demons are better than people. When I was a vengeance demon, I caused pain and mayhem, certainly. But I put in a full day's work doing it, and I got compensated appropriately. Hell yeah, Anya. Uh, Xander says, welcome to today's episode of Go Money Go. I hear it daily. Mm
0: -hmm. Shut up, Xander.
1: (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Xander. And Willow says, yep, for the rest of your life. And Xander hates hearing this and he gets this like grumpy uncomfortable look on his face when she says that so something that I also want to add right as we get into the episode Xander sucks (laughs) in this episode and there's an introduction of another character later on that I absolutely adore and relate to and see myself in very much for anyone out there who loves Xander slander there's a character coming down the line that you're gonna love Anya says, but supervillains won't want reward without labor to make things come easy. It's wrong. Without labor, there can be no payment and vice versa. The country cannot progress. The workers are the tools that shape America.
0: Again, watching this show now, 25 years later, the way that the narrative around capitalism has shifted, the Overton window has shifted so far, that like what Anya is saying in this episode, in this moment, these days would be considered socialism the whole idea of like the workers are the backbone, right? Nowadays, the capitalist philosophy that Anya claims to have embraced has hollowed itself out and is only the supervillains.
1: We should um, tell Anya to check herself before she wrecks herself, just like Buffy and, and Willow did. Too to soon. Co- cool up Too to soon. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for that. Oh, we didn't think, did we, did we have a different name for this episode? We're so funny because we're re-recording everything and uh we're just (laughs) skipping over what we usually do um yeah did you have a different name for this episode
0: yeah i did i called it buffy and spike go to white castle
1: oh yeah um after anya says that buffy says good to know and we look at her and she's wearing a red and white striped uniform and a red hat that has a cow on it and she says i was kind of feeling like a tool and now i know why cut to credits so look look at this buffy has found a job at last And what I wanted to point out here, um, because obviously this whole episode is going to be about Buffy going through what is not her first job, but her, I think her second job that we've seen her have on the show. Remember that in the last episode, she revealed that she's happy to not be dead, right? Like a couple episodes before that, she was like, kill me now. But she revealed that to Willow and it was a really important moment for her. So clearly she's now gone and found herself a job and it's not a glamorous job, but her having the fortitude to care enough to go out and get this job and start getting her life back together, it's just a it just shows a really big step. Mm-hmm. You know, back in Life Serial, when they're like, Buffy, what's your plan? And she was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know, Giles, what should my plan be? This is just showing all those baby steps that she's making to get herself back together. And and I'm happy for her. So, uh, you know, as much as she's not happy about what she's about to be trained in, <laughs> um, I'm happy that she's taken the step. So we're at Buffy's new job. She's watching a training video for the Double Meat Palace, which apparently is a chain across the American West. What is your favorite fast food restaurant? I'm just curious. A&W. Fascinating.
0: Which, for the benefit of our American listeners, is far better in Canada.
1: Oh, another hot steak from you. Um, I think Wendy's has to be my favorite, but not the one that's closest to my house because that one sucks.
0: (laughs) Wendy's is probably a close second for me, yeah.
1: Frosty, frosty, frosty. Okay, we are sponsored by Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's, come sponsor no, we're us. No, we not.
0: Please sponsor us.
1: So this video is so stereotypical of what you would see on your first day of job training. Now, I remember when I, I, I've worked a lot of part-time jobs, um, mostly waitressing. And I remember for most of those chain restaurants, I had to watch the training video, but I got to do it at home. It was online. And you just like kind of log in and watch. Were it. Were you paid for it? No, I don't think I was. Mm. I don't. I don't recall being paid for it. Um, unless they just like chalked in like you know an hour on top of my pay beforehand. I don't remember. I was too young. But um, yeah. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get into that in a second so the video is showing you know your typical things for a restaurant that you need to know right like employee safety probably um food preparation safety cleanliness and then how the food is made so it's uh, the double meat medley is a combination of beef and chicken and buffy's watching this video and she's like holy crap because i guess they're showing you how the meat's slaughtered and some time passes the video ends um A man in the same uniform as Buffy turns on the lights and says, interesting, isn't it? And Buffy's like, oh, yes. Like how the cow and the chicken came together, even though they've never met. It's like sleepless in Seattle if Meg and Tom were like minced. (laughs) So this joke goes over the guy's head. And he says, I'm Manny, the manager. It's not a joke. It's just my name. And Buffy says, right, you mentioned that a couple of times when I filled out the application. And Manny asks, why do you want to work here, Buffy? You seem like a sharp young woman and there are a lot of other jobs. And Buffy launches into this thing where she's like, I kind of need money very quickly, like today. So I didn't want to go through a lengthy interview process. And I figured this was probably the fastest way. And then she's like, oh, oh, uh, because I wanted to be part of the double meat experience.
0: (laughs) So I really dislike how, you know. Not only do we have to work these often crummy jobs for minimum wage to survive sometimes, but capitalism demands that we genuflect at its altar and that we pretend that we're enthusiastic about these jobs and that we want to be a part of the, the family of this job, when in reality you're only there to make money, and it should be okay just to say that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I also want to add that it's funny that he's asking her these questions now during her training because these are typical questions that you would ask in an interview, right? But clearly Buffy just said that the Devil Meat Palace is hiring so quickly that they just were like, thanks for the application, come on in and start working. And she never really had a formal interview and that's what she wanted, right? Something quick and easy. Uh, but yeah, I was like, well, these are questions that you generally ask beforehand. And I also, again, I want to add that it's just so mature and admirable of Buffy um, to be doing this for her family clearly like she's saying I just have to I needed money quick I needed money quick and you're you hired quick and this is why I'm here and I just I just find that really admirable Buffy like good for you and shout out to everyone out there who does what they got to do to make ends meet in this world, right? I agree. So Manny takes her on a tour of the restaurant now. Uh he introduces her to two men named Philip and Timothy that are in the back room, like the employee room. And they're just staring ahead and they're like dead eyes. And Philip asks what happened to the other one, Catherine. And Manny's like Emily, and Timothy's like she's gone. And Buffy asks what happened, and he says what always happens. And Manny offers Buffy a locker and she's like, oh, there, there's someone's stuff in there. And he's like, uh, they must have left it. You can toss it or keep it if you want. We have a lot of turnover here. And as they leave, Manny tells Buffy to watch those two. They're solid. Follow their example and you won't go wrong. They're lifers. And Buffy's like, lifers? And Manny's like, in it for life, like me. If you want to get something out of this, Buffy, you'll do the same. You put the work in. Ten years from now, you'll be where I am. I promise you. And he points to the badge on his, on his shirt that says 10 years. And he takes out Buffy's punch card and punches her in and says, congratulations, you're on the clock. And that is where it's very clear that Buffy was not paid to watch that training video that was for free. Manny shows her the kitchen where Buffy stares at this girl that's cutting meat slices and she's like oh they're all so identical and Manny's like yeah they all start to look the same to me too and Buffy's like no no not the employees (laughs) the chicken slices and there's a a close-up shot of the chicken being sliced and the music gets like really intense you know like really focuses in and They do that a lot in this episode, don't you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The sound design in this episode is just wonderful because it just gives this vibe. It's just like, it's this vibe of like, oh, time is meaningless. And, you know, you're in this like weird closed off space with all this fluorescent lighting. And yeah, like it's not your typical episode.
1: When you say that it's not your typical episode. Something I've noticed re-watching this episode, again, I never liked it before, but... I do want to give it credit for doing something different, because again, like I said, it's boring to watch, but it's supposed to be because this kind of work is meant to be boring. There's no no such thing as time when you're working in this job. And in that regard, I want to give the episode kudos for trying to embrace that. Um, I don't think it's that dissimilar from what The Body Did or Hush, where the, there was no music or in Hush, No Talking. Like, these are very stylized types of episodes. And Buffy is known for taking risks, just like in What's More With Feeling, right? Taking taking risks and trying something new to get the point of the episode across. And it took a risk. Did it pay off? Mm, I, <laughs> guess, well, I guess that's up to you, I suppose. For me, the, the payoff... In making a boring episode because the work is boring is not good enough for me. But I think others at the end will hear the hot stakes, might have a different opinion. So Manny points out more things in the workspace, right? Like there's your fridge and there's like the grill and everything. And Buffy walks up over to the dehydrated pickle storage area. And he's like, those are locked.
0: So the dehydrated pickle storage is just a bucket on top of a filing cabinet. Buffy's not wearing a hairnet. There's so many OSHA violations going on here (laughs) in this double moon palace.
1: I put that in my notes. I think three times i was like where is your hair net missy like that would be like number one behind like wash your hands which no one does sorry everyone that's a reality they
0: they do talk about that in the training video so
1: <laughs> yeah 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 uh but yeah buffy's hair is just down and i wonder if it's because the last episode she was just invisible the whole time and we never really got to focus on her cute adorable new haircut so maybe that's what this episode's for so manny picks up a double meat medley burger burger and it's just sitting there and he unwraps it to show to buffy and i was like doesn't that belong to a to, to someone like it wasn't that an order <laughs> that someone did like you don't just like make burgers and set them aside he describes the burger as a classic double decker with a twist a pure beefy patty above the mid bun and a slice of processed chicken product below the mid bun plus pickles and the secret ingredient eat it and i was shook cara i can't believe he was going to make her eat it because she she could be vegetarian vegan she could have a religion that doesn't allow her to eat the food she could be gluten-free
0: okay quick poll of our listeners any of you vegans out there do you work at a heavily meat-based fast food restaurant
1: (laughs) well maybe they're in on the secret ingredient wink and that's why they work at this particular restaurant um also if ever I was gonna be a vegetarian and I am like a couple times a year I go full vegetarian for a couple weeks and then my Chinese side kicks in and I have pork again but if ever I there was an episode that would make me want to go full vegetarian it's this one because the close-ups of the meat so. Buffy bites into it but first she says no like I had a big breakfast it's okay and he like insists so she's like smells so good and she takes a bite and she's like hmm so what's the secret ingredient and Manny says it's a meat process now I think it's time you start earning your money don't you and Buffy's like "Mm mm-hmm
0: cut to An indeterminate amount of time has passed because time is now meaningless at this job. Buffy is training at the cash register with a guy named Gary. Oh, Gary. Uh, How old do you think Gary is? 18. Yeah, he's pretty young. Younger than Buffy. Not that much younger, but younger than Buffy. Uh, So she's asking, what's the deal with banning the manager? If I ask him really nice, can I write a children's book called that? (laughs) Buffy's on fire once again in this episode. Uh, Gary gives Buffy a cup and he says, fill this while I go get the fries. And Buffy says, I didn't know there was going to be drug testing on this job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would love to have Buffy as my coworker. <laughs> like that time would fly with her.
0: Gary's not depressed. He says, you're funny. You better stop that. And Buffy <laughs> asks why? And Gary says, productivity. One of Manny's watchwords. Levity is the time thief that picks the pocket of the company. Pretty sure wage theft is the time thief that picks the pocket of the employee, Gary slash Manny. But we, you know, you didn't hear Buffy complaining about clocking in after watching the training video.
1: Where's her hair net? (laughs) Hair's just flying in everyone's food.
0: Buffy says, I prefer the one that goes, Manny is a humorless dolt who picks the pocket of he should bite me. (laughs) Mm. Gary says, you really need to be quiet with that. And this is when there's an old woman at the cash register. She orders a small coffee and a cherry pie. Buffy watches Gary press the buttons on the cash register, and the meal comes to $1.92. <laughs> oh, inflation is hitting hard right now, Steph.
1: <laughs> but like, that's probably a lot of money to Buffy. She's probably like, ooh, Giles' budget doesn't cover that. <laughs>
0: well, I, I don't know what the minimum wage was in California at the time ooh, of this episode, right? But yeah. Yeah, we should also remember that minimum wage in most American states is ridiculously low really? <laughs> compared to Canada.
1: Wow, what is it now? Is it $16 here?
0: Uh in in October it's going to go up to 16.55 in Ontario, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and there's so some states don't have minimum wage and other states have minimum wages of like $4 an hour, $7 an hour.
1: Yikes.
0: California is usually a bit better with these things, but again, I don't know what it was at the time and I'm not going to bother looking it up right now. But a dollar 92 does not go the same <laughs> way nowadays. <laughs> Buffy says, "You hit so many buttons. It's like a button palooza. And Gary says, it's easy. And he shows her. He says, there are pictures on each button. Then he hits the total button. And he says, put the money in the drawer. I close it. And then it resets the system. A cocker spaniel could do it. You take the next one, a family, They're regulars. Buffy says to the old woman, who's just waiting for her order, hi, I'm new. And the old woman says, I come here every day. And Buffy says, that's nice. <laughs> and the woman says, you really might make it, dear. Not like some of them, where suddenly you never see them again. I can see you here for a long time. And Buffy says, That's great. (laughs) And the woman gets her food and leaves, and Buffy takes on the family. The dad, presumably, does this huge order. It's like, you know, four double meat medleys and extra fries and a chocolate shake and all this. And uh, Buffy, like, gets overwhelmed and she stares at the cash register and she can't tell which button's which. Cut back to her face. She's so confused. And then she says, excuse me, does this button look chocolatey to you?
1: Where's Gary? Like, Gary should have stayed with her to show her how to do it. was her first time.
0: Cut to Buffy eating a burger by herself. For lunch, she's just sitting at one of the tables, and again, it's very unclear how much time is passing because that's the kind of job this is.
1: Uh, we cut to Buffy opening a freezer and looking in it, and Manny's behind her. He's like, "You don't need to be in there," and she's like, "Oh, sorry, I was just curious." And Manny says, "Curiosity killed the cat," and Buffy says, "Theory number five: Cat Burgers." Can
0: somebody please write in with your I, your theories on what Buffy's first four theories were? <laughs> that might that might be a good Instagram post for you, actually.
1: Ooh. Maybe I'll put a little poll up there, a little servey serve. So Buffy is back at the cash and Anya, Xander, Willow, and Dawn are visiting her. And she looks so happy about that. And I totally relate. It's so fun when your friends come and visit you at work. So Anya says, we're here to support your subs- your subsistence level of employment. Bravo. And Buffy says, thank you. This is so cool, you guys. And Xander says, how's it going, Buffy? Buffy says, I don't know. I've waitressed before, but this is different. And Dawn asks when she waitressed. And Buffy says that summer in LA. Now, this is my question, Cara. Why didn't Buffy just go and waitress? I mean, she already said that, like, you know, she wanted a quick turnaround for getting the job and just starting to work. But, like, I'm sure the restaurant business would be more than willing to hire her and get her back on. Not only because she's efficient, but she's pretty. (laughs) And And, like, you know, that helps. Pretty privileged
0: great question. I, I don't know the answer. Um I was thinking during this exchange, what was it like with dawn during that summer that Buffy had run away because of course, <laughs> retroactively she's been inserted, right so We now have to think about, like, you know, did the Scooby spend a lot of time with Dawn to console her? Was she spending a lot of time at home with Joyce? Like, what was going on?
1: Well, we know that Joyce was staying home a lot because she thought that Buffy would call. So she wasn't leaving the home a lot back then. And um, we know that she was probably getting high all the time in her grief. Um, So Dawn was probably dealing with a very high Joyce wandering around the house. Uh, Yeah, Buffy should have been waitressing instead of doing this um, because she gets tips if she does it. So... Anyway, Buffy says there was a diner and we had lots of people who didn't tip and funny, funny health code violations. But it isn't like it is here. I think something's wrong here. And Willow is fidgeting with the straws on the counter because she's still dealing with the effort. I think she's still like struggling with um, withdrawal from magic. And Buffy asks if she's okay, and Willow says, "Yeah, yes, something's wrong." And all the Scoobies lean in to hear Buffy talk. And Buffy says, "There's a manager. He's all scary and mysterious. There's a secret ingredient." And the people that work here are kind of strange. They just stare at his space. Plus, they disappear. And Anya asks, "Disappear like poof?" And Muffy's like, "No, not poof. I don't. I don't think so." And Xander says, "It's fast food. I've swum these murky waters, my friend. There's the assorted creepiness. They're staring. There's the enthusiastic not showing up at all. I think you're seeing demons where there's just life."
0: Shut up, Xander.
1: Fuck, f- Xander. Can we believe Bobby for one second? Like I just, think I feel like
0: just for one episode. For wh-
1: I feel like we've been saying this like every episode lately. Just just fucking believe her. Like she has a point, right? And but uh, ooh, this is hard for me because on one hand, again, shut up, Xander. But on the other hand, Xander might have a point only because Xander has at least 3 years of work experience over the other Scoobies. He might know something for once that's not about shelves, <laughs> Um, about what it's like to work in this kind of environment, right? And this happens a lot in life too. I feel like once you graduate high school, you and your friend group go off in different directions. Like some go straight into the workforce, some go to college, some go to university, some travel. Like, And that means you have all these different levels of success and experience and failure by the time you're in your early 20s, right? So it's interesting to see Xander have the experience and now he's quite settled in in a new career as a construction manager so he does have some knowledge right to share about what it was like when he did work these kind of jobs so that's the only compliment i'll give him buffy says i didn't say demons it's just a vibe everyone trust buffy's vibe she says you guys still haven't seen this manager and anya's like isn't that him over there with the getting the pickles wet <laughs> and Xander points out that he's wearing saddle shoes and Buffy says maybe it's just a video that's creeping me out with the cow and the chicken all swirly together and Xander says mmm, make me hungry why don't you <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm only human that made me laugh <laughs> so he says how about one of those delicious medley meals and Buffy says okay you got it on me what like why would it be on but Buffy has no money Xander pay pay for it
0: well xander and anya are like the only scoobies with reliable income right now (laughs) right xander's such a freeloader
1: i know i know uh the only way i would get him off the hook again is if when he worked at uh delivering all those that cheesy bread thing that back in season four that maybe buffy got some free versions of that but i just said i wasn't going to defend him anymore so yeah xander you freeloader Xander tells the Scoobies that I think she'll be fine when she settles into the routine. By ordering, I'm helping. And Dawn says, and getting a free meal. And Xander says, well, yeah. And Anya says, if you like the food here, honey, maybe we should get it for the reception. And Dawn says, you're serving burgers? Cool. And Anya says, time is running very short. After Willow gave us the whoosh engagement party, I got slack on the planning because I figured she'd help. Well, now that's all blown to hell. And Willow says, Hey, standing right here, standing right exactly here. And Anya says, Sorry, didn't mean to tempt you. Then she whispers to Dawn, That one's so delicate.
0: (laughs) Okay, few thoughts here. First, Anya is using Willow as a scapegoat because she has been lackadaisical about planning this wedding. Because deep down, she knows that there's something wrong with her relationship with Xander. We're gonna get to get to that later on in the episode.
1: Ooh, is that why you think? Because part of me is like she so. she's lack she's she's not doing the proper steps to plan the wedding because she's never been to a human wedding. That was my thought. At least not one, she's one that been she was I think she's been to wasn't.
0: plenty of human weddings. She just was there to wreak vengeance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but like the planning process she hasn't been part of. But like if you're saying it's a little bit more about her, you know, what's going on. in on She the, probably on the teamed
0: up with human wedding planners, you know, <laughs> get the <Yeah>. inside scoop. <laughs>
1: uh, or she had to pose as one, maybe.
0: Second point. Fast food at a wedding? Steph?
1: Yeah, very strange. So like we just said, we just complimented Xander and Anya for making the most money out of all the Scoobies here. Like they got pretty good careers going for them right now. It does surprise me that Anya would be okay with fast food for her wedding meal.
0: Greasy double meat palace, chicken above the mid bun, beef below the mid bun. Clearly
1: on the cost saving side, right, to do that. And that's where I was stuck. Like, hey, if you want to have burgers at your wedding, that's your wedding, go for it. But I just, the way that Anya is hyping up the wedding and is so excited about it, I just, my, I think my, automatic assumption was that it was going to be like a sit down meal like a typical wedding usually is the introduction of fast food you know doesn't give that like high-end idea that i thought she would have but that's that's on me assuming right i will say i've never been to a wedding where they serve fast food i have been to a wedding where they had fast food delivered for the midnight snack like the food that you eat at midnight to suck up all the alcohol that's cool yeah yeah, it was actually like one day you're one minute you're dancing and you're you're drinking and then you look over and there's like a whole bunch of McDonald's just just on the side <laughs> of the of the room and you're like oh shit and then you eat some nuggets and everything's good.
0: Third point. What do we think about the Willow Anya sniping here cuz we're we're pretty used to this at this point, right? But also Willow is recovering from a very serious addiction at the moment. Do we think Anya should be a little bit more sensitive to that?
1: I do think Anya should be more sensitive to that, but we also know that she's just not. Like, I think it depends on your level of what you accept in Anya's personality. Because on one hand, she's been a human long enough that she might be able to clue in to the fact that you're being really rude to a friend who's going through addiction. On the other hand... Cordelia could have made a very similar comment, and you and I would have been like, "Hee hee hee," you know, because that's typical Cordelia, and we accept that about her. Right. So I think it depends on how how much we accept Anya's callous personality.
0: That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I agree.
1: In this case, I think that's typical Anya, so it's like, "Ha, yeah." But at the same time, Willow's trying really hard to better her situation, so a little more sensitivity would be nice. Anya goes on to say, I still have to select the bridesmaid dresses and then there are the guests from out of town and the demon realm. You wouldn't believe how many of them have yet to let us know, by the way. Buffy comes back, gives Xander the meal and says, I double sized it for you. And Xander's like, thank you. He unwraps his burger right away and takes a big bite. And Buffy says, and I cut cut way back on the cat. And Xander says, cat? And Buffy says, I'm kidding. Probably. So we cut to the nighttime. Uh, again, is this a different day? Is this the same Night? Because later she works a double shift and she like freaks it out about it. It doesn't
0: matter. <laughs>
1: it's, it's irrelevant. uh Buffy is working the night shift. She says, slow night. And she's talking to this woman, this elderly employee behind her named Gina, who's just zoned out. And she's like, since it's slow, do you mind if I take another break? And Gina says robotically, we're not allowed. Downtime robs us all. And Buffy says, thus quoth Manny, there's no one here. And Gina says, sure there is. Look. And she points to aunt, Spike who is now at the counter. And Buffy mumbles, this will make my day complete. So she goes to Spike and says, what? (laughs) And Spike asks, what's in the double meat nuggets? And Buffy says, I'm working, go away. And Spike says, yeah, and you chose to be in the consumer service profession. And I'm a consumer, service me. (sighs) and he grins and buffy says order something or go and spike says give a bloke a chance for his eyes to adjust Damn fluorescent lights make me look dead some demons love them the way they vibrate make their skin twitch that's the kind of demon you are love and buffy says i'm not a demon i don't know why you can hit me but i'm not a demon And Spike says, Oh, I see. Is that why you took this job? To prove something to yourself? A normal job for a normal girl. Good way to drive yourself crazy, that is. Buffy says she'll be fine. Spike leans forward and he gets a little bit earnest here and he says, Buffy, you're not happy here. And Buffy says, Please don't make this harder. Spike says, You don't belong here. You're something. You're better than this. And Buffy says, I need the money. Spike says, I can get money. Walk with me now. Come on. And Buffy says, I need to go help Gary with the fries. Excuse-
0: sorry, sorry, Spike. Excuse you. You can get money? All you can get is kittens.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? And even then, you owe that shark man, the lone shark. So many kittens. Spike grabs her by the arm and says, you got to get out of here. This place will do stuff to you. Buffy walks away from him and he shouts, this place will kill you. So what do, what do we think of Spike's speech here? Because for me, I think... It could have been very nice for him to be the one, like, notice her friends didn't do it. He's the one that's saying, you, you, you're you, better than this, you don't belong here, you're something, you're special. These are things that Buffy probably wants to hear. So on that hand, like, this could be nice in him offering to help her. But if only he hadn't said all that shit about her being a demon before he did that, you know? Like, he's still digging yeah. in that knife to be like, you're still different, you're still wrong. Don't forget.
0: There's a couple of things going on here. Firstly, Spike's not wrong, right? Like this job is going to crush her soul. But the, I think the other thing we need to talk about, right, is William the Bloody cosplaying as working class. Because we found out in Fool for Love that before he was sired, William was not working class, right? He, he had the privilege of attending these upper class parties and, you know, not laboring with his hands and writing poetry and knowing the word effulgent. And it was only after he became Spike, the vampire, that he decided to take on this persona with the, the working class English accent that many of our English listeners have pointed out to us. You know, so Spike's really appropriating that persona. He didn't grow up in that class. So for him to be making this speech when actually he was born into the privileged class that would exploit workers like Buffy, I think that's rich.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is rich coming from you, Spike. Of course, you would be like, let's just quit your job. What's the big deal? The other thing I wanted to add about this as well is again, like what Spike is saying that she should just leave and walk away, um, that he'll help her. Like that's not actually the best thing for Buffy in the long run, right? Like it might be something that she's like fantasizing about because she's not liking what she's doing. But as I said earlier, Buffy is trying to better herself, she's trying to find a more stable path. And with Spike here offering her all the things that are feeding into her depression, like, you know, escapism, like, come with me now, um, you know, neglect on, lie to your friends. Like, these are the things that he's he's um, proposing to her by just quitting this job that she actually really needs. I don't think that's a good thing <laughs> in the long run. So, But what do you expect from a soulless vampire?
0: Cut to Gary out back. Uh, something is watching him from the dumpster. He says, Is someone there? Oh, hey, what are you doing? So he clearly recognizes the person or thing. And suddenly, he gets attacked. And we see his hat fall to the ground as he screams.
1: poor gary the next morning buffy is punching in at 9 a.m and he tell and telling timothy who's in front of her feels like i just left you know and he's like (laughs) looks at her dead face and says you came back manny approaches buffy and says gary's gone he didn't show up this morning Manny says that he was supposed to unlock early this morning and didn't show. And Buffy's like, I'm sure he's just late. He didn't seem like he was leaving. And Manny says, I'm moving Timothy to counter. You're on grill. Buffy says, I don't know how to grill. And Manny says, this is the last day you're ever going to be able to say that. And I was like, you know what? I like that saying. I'm going to use it more often. Like when someone says, I can't do something, well, this is the last time you'll ever say that because I'm going to show you the way. I'm inspired, Manny. So Buffy is being trained on the grill with Philip. Buffy says, repeat until insane. And uh, we get close-ups of the burgers grilling here. Philip is saying, every burger at every double meat palace is the same. People don't like variation. Buffy said, got it. Variety is the spice of bad. (laughs) Oh, Buffy. So what's the secret ingredient? And you notice Buffy's asking so many questions.
0: Right. Sorry, I, I wanted to bring that up earlier. Um, I really do like one of the things that stands out to me about this episode is how it highlights Buffy's curiosity and her use of her intuition. Like even at the very start when she's walking around with Manny, she's asking questions and he's like, you don't have to go in there. Stop asking me all these questions. Why are you so suspicious? But... Buffy is curious, and she clues into there's something off about this place, and it's not just your run-of-the-mill, soul-sucking capitalism. There's also something weird going on, and it's just another reminder. And I love when the show does this from time to time. Buffy's really fucking smart, and we forget it sometimes because she's also, you know, an attractive blonde, cheerleader-type, you know, physically strong hero— She's also smart, and she can use her intelligence to really get to the bottom of things when she puts her mind to it.
1: Yeah, and she's not just another cog in the machine. Like, even if she was a normal girl who had to, like, get a job like this, it's not like her to just follow instructions. Like, remember back at the initiative when Maggie Walsh was (laughs) sending them off to do something because of that demon? I've
0: patrolled in this halter many times.
1: And she's like, she's like, well, what does the demon want? Where did he come from? Right. Like, what's he after? She's just not somebody to just fall in line and and shut up. Right. So that's why in the long run, fast food is not the right career for her. And I love seeing it here. So yeah, Buffy's layer senses are tingling. Philip says it's a meat process, um, referring to the secret ingredient. Buffy's like, what does that mean? And Philip says, "It's a process. They do it in the meat." And Buffy says, "What is it?" <laughs> and Philip says, "It's the name of the process." And Buffy's like, "Oh, yeah. I guess we're just going to we I guess we're going to get kind of greasy, huh?" And Philip says, "Skin, hair, eyelashes, nostrils, inside your ears. You want to look inside my ears?" And
0: Buffy,
1: Buffy's <laughs> no. like, "No, that's okay." <laughs> Philip says once I noticed I couldn't hear and I went to the doctor, said it was grease and it made a plug and Buffy's like, Oh
0: <laughs> I don't need to know. And need- he's you never have to talk to me about any kind of plug in your body that or that has recently come out of your body.
1: Okay, but then he goes on and he says, I got me a kit for cleaning my ears. It's got this little bulb mechanism. And Puffy's like, imagine that. Um, yeah, disgusting. And also, this is so true. When you work in a restaurant or in a kitchen, you, you smell... Like the kitchen, like I smelt like I've worked at Swiss Chalet for three years and I smelt like quarter chicken for that whole t- time. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Um, but also, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm
0: sorry. The way you said that is just very peak, Stephanie. Like, I know. I know you well enough that, like, you're not being sarcastic.
1: No, <laughs> I was like, I smell great every meal I had every night while I worked there. Um, but but you also meet these people like this, and I'll say mostly men, <laughs> like that you meet that are, yeah, maybe the they're zombies. the lifers there. The zombies or just the guys that are just weird. They're just weird and they just say stuff to you. Like one, like, just quick story. I worked with one guy and he was, like, the the dishwasher and he came up to me like really close one day and he was like, you look like Christian Kruek. I've got a poster of her on my wall. And I'm like, <laughs> like what in the- Okay, that's sexual the harassment hell? right you there. That wall. <laughs> yet Philip's story about his greasy ear is grosser than that. <laughs> um, anyway. Working in the kitchen can be one of the most depressing things. So Manny calls Buffy over. She's like, yay, it's Manny. <laughs> so she hurries over to him and Manny tells her that she's working a double shift. And Buffy's like, what? Another eight hours? Right after these eight hours? But that's so many hours. So many hours. <laughs> Poor Buffy. Manny says, you get paid for it, plus an extra free double meat medley. How is? How are these people not so fat like I mean we'll find out later why <laughs> but like just that's a lot of meat burgers you know
0: yeah that's not healthy but also is that even legal say like oh you're already on the shift and we're going to extend your shift eight hours like I remember do you remember working at the art gallery how we would have our shifts and then sometimes it'd be like surprise there's an event happening that we forgot to tell you about and you have to stay late
1: oh I don't remember that ever happening I always I figured we always had a head of like, we always knew an event was coming because we just set up Okay, maybe Okay,
0: maybe that didn't happen the summer that you worked there. But that happened quite a bit. Oh, what? Uh, especially towards the end of my tenure there. It was, you know, I'd come in for like a four to eight or a five to eight shift. And they'd be like, oh, by the way, there's an event happening. It might go later than eight. You're going to have to stay in close up but i'm just
1: like well that's on our right. old boss that's for not letting you know <laughs> so gary didn't show right so now one of my grinder guys is late too says manny and buppy says they could still show up right they could be anywhere and that's when a big slab of meat is pushed in front of her by another employee who says meat's here
0: question and you probably can't answer this how many fast food places grind their own meat for their burger patties
1: great question i don't know the answer
0: because my understanding is that most places would ship a standardized patty because if you're grinding your own meat not only does that open you up to potential safety and health violations but also like how are you making sure that every patty is standardized so it's interesting to me that Double Me Palace has decided to go this route.
1: <laughs> we should write in to and find out. Double no, Double Me Palace isn't a real place, right? This is made up. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, just checking. Um <laughs> because I didn't know White Castle was a real thing, uh, until I went to the States and I was like, holy shit, there is a White Castle. <laughs> so cut to xander's apartment oh my gosh here we go i loved this scene this scene saved this episode for me uh just like the scene of giles singing in where the wild things are saved that episode um or was a saving grace in that episode Love the scene for what it introduces. Xander's apartment, he's hanging up the phone and he's like, "On, that was Buffy. She's working late. So I might have to go, ah, because a a veiny demon has appeared in front of him saying in a deep voice, I have been called and vengeance shall I wreak. Cower, masculine one. Tremble as you face my wrath. And Anya comes around the corner out of the bedroom. She's like, Xander, I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. And then she gasps. Because she sees the demon. And the demon says, Hello, I am here to tear this man apart. How many pieces do you wish? And Anya's like, Halfreck? And (laughs) this demon's voice changes immediately, and she's like, Anyanka? Oh my god! And she starts to giggle and they hug and they're like, Oh my god, who are you? (laughs) It's so good. Xander's like, you two know each other? And Anya's like, funny Halfrack, I didn't summon you to kill Xander. I called you to invite you to our wedding. And she shows her the ring. And Halfrack is like, oh my, what an embarrassing mistake. Oh my god, gorgeous.
0: I love this so much. <laughs> it's so
1: good. Oh my god. It's like I said, it's a breath of fresh air amidst this episode. <laughs> so Xander says, You two clearly have some catching up to do, so I'll not be in the apartment. So he goes. Uh, cause he can't stand one more second of this girl talk. Anya says, Gosh, it's fun well to see you again, Hallie. I didn't mean to have you materialize all the way here. i I mean, not until the ceremony, I mean. And Halfreck says, Well, I guess I got the message garbled. You know how it is, half the time I have no idea. If I'm maiming the right guy. And then, and then they just laugh. And then she's like, so you're marrying that man with the large upper arms? And Anya's like, yes. And Alfred's like, why? <laughs> and Anya's like, because I love him. And, and Alfred's like, hmm. And Anya's like, we're going to be very happy together. And Alfred's like, hmm. <laughs> and Anya's like, what? <laughs> Kara, I adore Halfrack. Finally, someone that I kind of see myself in. Like you're saying that you connect with Tara really hard. I haven't actually had much of that yet. I mean, I connect to Buffy because she's she's obviously like it's about her journey through adulthood so I can connect to what she's going through. But this this is <laughs> I love Halfrack. I find her so fun. That's how I know, Kara, that I missed my calling in being a vengeance demon. Like I would live my life i
0: agree you would be a badass vengeance team and like
1: De hoffron as my boss and like awesome colleagues like anya and Halfrek. oh my god living the life i think you know when we started the podcast i remember you and i did our little bios that we put on our instagram we asked the question like if you were anyone in the Buffyverse, who would you be and i remember you had said that you would um actually what did you say oh, I, don't I don't remember i don't remember what you said i remember i said that um i would be a, the powers that be which is a reference to Angel, but now I change my mind. Now that we're six seasons in, I'm like, no, I would be a vengeance demon. <laughs> so Buffy is overseeing the fries in the in the um deep fry area, and there's that noise again, that like kettle noise that's playing uh, in the background, and she's just staring at the fries, and then Timothy appears beside her, and he's like, "It's boiling with nothing in it. Sometimes it does that. They say bugs fall in there." oh, I'm back. You can go on your break now. And Buffy looks up and she sees Spike standing outside the restaurant and he goes to the back. Next shot is Buffy having sex with Spike in the alleyway behind the restaurant. And she is looking so dead fish. (laughs) So it's just funny to me that like, okay, so clearly she's going to continue sleeping with Spike. But like, Buffy's boredom in her job is extending into what is supposed to be her current form of escapism, which is having sex with Spike, like she looks bored, she's literally like <sighs> like as they have sex.
0: How do we feel about Buffy having sex outside her place of work
1: i I have very hard boundaries for myself around. Not only office relationships, which we've talked about before, um, but public sex in general, like especially sex at work. I just feel like it's a bad idea. It's a bad call.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just, okay. First off, we just learned about all the grease. (laughs) And the smell. (laughs) The smell, sure. Um, But also, yeah, like it's a public place. I know it's the middle of the night, but like theoretically, Buffy could be you know, somebody could walk around the corner and see them doing it. Buffy could get fired. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I saw that. I saw that moment. And the the episode just glosses over it, which I understand. Again, it's kind of the vibe of the episode. But like, it just made me feel a little bit like like the, the meat grindy stuff didn't get to me. <laughs> but my stomach started to do little flippy flippy do's when I saw Spike having not very hot wall sex with her.
1: What I'm noticing, because this is is the third sex scene that we've seen of the two of them, they're always in areas that would make somebody uncomfortable, that that aren't sexy, that they're like underground and dank. And like, like the first one was in that building that was like ruined and broken down and rubbled. And then the second one was in his cave, which is like, you know, it's sure he's got some furniture in there, but it's not nice. And it's probably not air conditioned. <laughs> and he used to have a shrine of her down there. And then now we're outside in the alleyway by the dumpsters. Like there's literally a dumpster right next to them. Right. So like like you're saying, like if it makes you uncomfortable, like not only the fact that Buffy is using this guy's escapism, that she's not enjoying the sex, clearly like look at her face. It's that she's, like, lowering herself to have sex with this guy in literal trash and in, like, in areas that, like, she's above. Willow is in her room doing schoolwork, and Amy appears at her door. And Amy says, Don said I could come in. Is she pissed at you, too, or just me? Uh, What did you tell her about me? And Willow says, do you want something? And Amy says, yeah, actually. She points at the rat cage, and Willow says, you want it? Really? And Amy says, yeah, it's not much, but it's home. Or it was. I, I guess it's stupid willow's like no it's not stupid you can have it of course so amy sits with her on the bed and says i hear you've got this whole cold turkey thing going on and she asks how it's going and Willow says it's good it's really good it was hard at first frustrating doing everything the slow way um it was like is everything going to take forever forever but it's better now i'm getting my focus back and amy's like huh i can see that and she's referring to willow's textbook which she's uh been working on on the bed She's
0: literally like highlighted the whole thing
1: (laughs) i used to do that too (laughs) i didn't know it was important uh willow says it's a pivotal page (laughs) so amy says so this is it huh this is gonna be your life from now on and willow's like what no and amy says well you're never gonna do it again ever you're never gonna feel how it made you feel and willow says i don't think that's the way to look at it right on willow amy picks up the rat cage and says hey will it's your birthday and willow's like no it isn't but now that you mentioned it buffy's it's coming up amy says potestus and magic swirls around willow and she stands up and her eyes are black and there are sparks coming out of her fingers willow touches this vase which like melts and then she touches a lamp which disappears and she's like amy and amy's like it's a gift it's magic and it didn't come from you it came from me completely legal enjoy and she leaves oh, boy. boo <laughs> yeah boo
0: what a fucking cunt. Can I say that on this po- Can I say that on this podcast?
1: We've yet to use the C word on this podcast, but I love that it was you that brought it up.
0: Like I'm sorry, but
1: <laughs>
0: Wow.
1: Wow. I Like know.
0: Amy Since
1: when is she such a bitch? Amy. She was quite sweet in high school.
0: I don't I don't I don't know if I would ever say she was sweet, but like I'm speechless. Like I'm having so much trouble talking about this just because like I don't, I, like, would any of our villains have done this to Buffy? I don't, or sorry, Willow? Like, Willow is a recovering addict. Amy knows this. And she's basically just injected Willow with the magical equivalent of heroin, right? She's basically forcing Willow to use again. This is unforgivable to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you say, Kara, that she deserves rat prison over this? <laughs> would you send her straight back to rat prison?
0: You know what, Steph? <laughs> I would. You have you you've got me now. I'm I'm sorry, but I agree. I knew
1: it. I knew it was only a matter of time. Um how long would we send her back to Rat Prison? Another three years until she comes to her senses, I suppose. Um I will add, by the way, that I did do uh, a poll on Instagram whether people thought rat prison was a good idea or a bad idea, and majority of people that voted said it was a good idea. <laughs>
0: There we go. Okay. Well, so I guess the question is, is Amy on parole from rat prison right now? Because, like... Has she served all of her sentence? Because if not, we, we we would give her a harsher sentence for violating parole, right? I
1: love it. Yeah, I would say that she was let off, right? Like her, she did her time. Um, but now she needs a whole new trial. Maybe, maybe Amy on trial mm. is coming down the line. Um, <laughs> I will also add that listener Natasha message to... And I, I really want to read you what she wrote to us about rat prison. She says, have you seen the habitats you can assemble for small rodents these days? We're talking... <laughs> Hides that look like castles, eco friendly bedding, organic food and treats, multi level habitats with ample enrichment activity add ons, essentially the deluxe version of the Swedish rehabilitation system. Rat prison doesn't imply a 90s metal barred cage and wheel. Rat prison can be so much more. And then she adds at the end this was in no way written by a rat.
0: <laughs> Sounds about wipes.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Natasha, for adding that in. And Hey, you guys heard it here first. Kara is on board with Rat Prison at last.
0: I'm sorry. I'm, I am so angry at Amy right now. Be. Like, I, I and I think the reason why I'm so angry is because I feel really bad for Willow in this situation. She is legit trying. You know, as far as we know, she's not cheating. She's not using magic. She's doing things the old fashioned way and it's sucking. And along comes Amy. And, and Willow has no choice in this matter, right? She has been forced to use a game. And, and to me, it's that it's that violation. It's that lack of consent. And it's just, oh, yeah, I'm just, I really don't appreciate this. And I don't want to be too hard on Don, but I'm like, Don, like, did nobody tell you not to let Amy in the house? But
1: like, it's not like Willow kicked her out right away either, you know? Did, did Buffy even tell them or did she forget That's to tell true. them that exactly. she had been like ratting yeah. through Willow's stuff in Wrecked? Um, so we're going to see her again, though. So more to come on, Amy. Buffy is standing outside the meat grinder and she finds a human finger. Fucking disgusting. She goes to confront Manny and, and says, look what I found under the meat grinder. Want to tell me what's going on? And Manny's like, well, there was an incident maybe six weeks ago, a grinder incident. And Buffy's holding up the finger and she's like, right. But see, this isn't six weeks old. This is new. And Manny's like, is it? Oh, well, maybe Gary did come this morning or late last night and maybe there was an incident and he got himself to the hospital. And Buffy's like, right, maybe he's in the hospital. Or maybe he's in the grinder, huh? Meat process, secret ingredient. Maybe Gary's on the grill, or maybe he's under the pickle chips. And she runs out, and Manny calls after her. She runs into the restaurant, and she starts throwing people's food off the trays. And she's like, stop, stop. Like, it's not beef, it's people. The meat layer is definitely people. Probably not the chicken eat part, but who knows?
0: <laughs> you can tell... You could tell from the way people are reacting that this happens at least once a week.
1: <laughs> and the old woman says, "What about the cherry pie?" Okay, uh, Buffy is dragged back into the kitchen, away from the restaurant area. But this reminded me so much of when um, Xander saw the lunch lady putting rat poison in the in the food in earshot, and mm-hmm. he all he did the exact same thing, where he like was running through, like, "Don't eat it; it's poison." So. Buffy is now in the kitchen by her with the coworkers and Manny is saying, What are you doing? I thought you were part of the team. And Buffy throws a lot of them off her like violently, right? And she gets fired. So, oh yes, here we go. Anya and Halfrack are having tea at Xander's house, and Halfrak is like, Well, tell me more about Xander. And Anya's like, You keep asking about him. Do you think I'm making a mistake? And Halfreck <laughs> She's so funny. She's like, Do you? <laughs> I love that. And Anya's like, no, he's very kind and brave, and he has the sweetest smile and the nicest body, and he loves me. Sometimes it isn't easy, but he does. And Halfrek clues into this immediately because she's not stupid, and she says, who told you it isn't easy to love you?
0: (gasps) (laughs) I almost cried listening to this scene, because I think Anya really needed to hear it. I think a lot of people I know, especially a lot of women, need to hear this, because this is too common and, and even if it's not an abusive relationship it might be toxic or even just an unhealthy one where a lot of times people often women in relationships with men end up in this situation where the man's insecure and he uses his insecurities as a you know to to deal with that he puts down his partner and he doesn't even have to know that he's consciously doing it but you know Anya has worked herself into this place where she she's minimizing herself and she's making herself feel lesser because of Xander's constant nonstop criticism and policing of her behavior and like you just said Steph Halfrick clues in right away and I love this line I love her asking that question because it's so true everybody deserves to love themselves and deserves to be loved however they want to accept that love from other people. And, you know, I really appreciate that the show included this scene.
1: And I also wish that Halfrek had been around earlier in their relationship to ask her these questions. You know, like she, like, it is her job, it is her career, her her um, passion in life is to find the, the worst in men. But, like, in this case, she's on the ball.
0: I will say, from my experience, unfortunately, being around earlier in the relationship. Doesn't mean that you can help prevent it from progressing further because sometimes the heart wants what the heart wants and sometimes your friends are gonna get into relationships that people on the outside can see are not good for them, <laughs> but they're just gonna do it no matter what
1: you say. That's fair. and I, when I say that I really relate to health, right that I, I actually see myself here a lot is because I am the friend that would question things, right? I'm not afraid to be like, look, Did you hear yourself right now? (laughs) You know, so love this for Halfreck, love this for Anya. And Anya says, well, you know, like, I'll do something or say something. And then he has to say stuff like, it's incorrect for you to appreciate money so much or observe. Here is how a real human would behave. And Halfreck says, oh, so he corrects you. And Anya says, well, no, it's just, well, Well, now I'm all confused. Do you think there's something wrong with the way he treats me? And Halfreck Al- says, do you? Do you? <laughs>
0: yes. I, Steph, I am not kidding when I say I've literally had this conversation almost word for word with somebody very close oh my to
1: me. God, we, we need Alfrek in our lives. Anya says... Okay, you have to stop doing that. I love Xander. And Halfric says, even though he thinks he knows better than you. And Anya says, he doesn't think that. And Halfric's like, okay, I'm sorry. I was just curious. You don't have to say another thing about it if you're not comfortable. And Anya's like, but I am. It's not like I'm hiding any deficiencies or anything. And Halfric says, hmm. Thank you, Halfreck, for being the voice of reason here. Yeah, I find it very it's too interesting. Real, it's too real, like, like you said. You're so glad that the writers put her in here, but I find it interesting that they put her in there at all. It's like because like this ento- entire time that Anya and Xander have been together for almost three seasons now, like two, two and a half seasons, they've never really addressed that xander does what he does that he's correcting her like you and i have talked about it the fandom talks about it but the show has never done it so putting Halfreck in here to point these things out is very meta to me you know like it's it's finally the show being like yeah he does do this and it's not it's and it's not something that we just like let go right it's not something that we we've just put into their characters and that's it. It's it is a problem that should be addressed. I find that really interesting.
0: Speaking of xander <laughs> he is in the magic box playing go fish with Don, which is about his speed. Buffy throws a burger down on the table in front of them and says, "I call an emergency meeting and this is it. Where's Willow? Where's Anya?" And Don says, "I couldn't find Willow. I knocked and knocked on her door. So so Dawn was just like, oh, Willow just left me alone in the house? That's totally fine and normal. <laughs> uh, Xander says, and Anya's entertaining a vengeance demon named Hallie. Buffy, did you ever see Anya as a demon? Because if that's it, whoa. <sighs> we we'll ask, just, yeah, we'll just say More on that, more on that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy ignores this and says, something's wrong at the Double Me Palace. Really wrong. Dawn asks Buffy if she's been demon fighting, and is that why she fit smells funny? And Buffy smells herself and says, great, that's just great. I try to do the simplest thing in the world, get an ordinary job in a well-lit place, and look, I'm right back where I started. Blood and death and funky smells. Buffy shows Dawn the severed finger, and Dawn says, ew. And then she asks, whose is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dawn. Uh, Buffy says I don't know it might be this guy named Gary the only one in the whole place who didn't seem all brain dead he didn't show up this morning except now I think he was there the whole time as the secret ingredient <laughs> we need to analyze that burger we need to find out if it used to be people <laughs> and then and I think this is legit such a funny moment Xander turns around <laughs> he's holding the empty wrapper from the burger and he says <laughs> people <laughs> and Buffy's like, Xander, you ate the burger? And Xander says, well, first you say it's cat. Then you come in and hand me a burger, blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, and oh, by the way, it happens to be hot, delicious human flesh? <laughs> and Buffy says, I needed that burger to analyze it. Now I'm going to have to get another one. <laughs> and Xander says, that's your problem with this scenario? You getting seconds?
1: It is, it is pretty funny that Buffy's upset about that because like, it's not hard. <laughs> to go and get another burger i
0: yeah i just i yeah the whole just xander eating it's it funny, and then just yeah. yeah like this is funny yeah that's when willow runs in she's like sorry you know i'm, I'm late because i was reading and, and studying and stuff and xander says you missed the gary burger <laughs> and willow grabs a pencil but it turns into rubber so she hides it from everybody don says apparently the double meat medley is people and xander looks like he's about to puke which okay real talk for a moment if somebody told me the thing I had just eaten was people, I would also feel the same way, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Buffy says, I bet it's not even the one time or this one town. There are double meat palaces all over California. Everyone's eaten there. They've got the perfect deal. Everyone expects a high turnover of the employees. They get the meat for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and they have us disposing of the body so sick as that. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because as much as we joke about like, oh, it's sort of green, it's people, it's like. No company would ever do this because it's, it is, you know, the way our agricultural industry is set up, it is way cheaper to feed cows. Even if you grass feed them, it's way cheaper to feed cows and slaughter them and make disgusting burgers than it is to kill your employees <laughs> for their meat <laughs> like the the negative externalities alone economics with cara sorry but it's um, an interesting
1: theory right and obviously that they're like okay yeah it's, it's legit enough for us to go and test because they found the finger but um it's also part of buffy trying to spice up the fact that she's at this job right like she's so right. bored that she is seeing potential problems that she can jump into action for and that, that again that's a good sign it shows that she's getting back to who she used to be but at the same time i'm like yeah Buffy. like it's an interesting theory but definitely not for sure that anything's wrong yet
0: exactly uh so buffy continues we need to bring down the whole corporation willow Xander eat the burger is the way for sure to figure out what it was and willow says well i can i can start analyzing it with with science not i can use science and Don says they can use the scribbles of meat on the wrapper.
1: Well, scribbles of meat. is like <laughs> So Buffy
0: <laughs> says, you guys get working on that. It's after closing. So I'm going to go there and see what I can find out. And Willow says, you go. We'll be good. Don asks Willow if she's okay. Because Don, you know, is noticing something's up. And Willow says, oh, I'm just worried about Buffy. She could be walking into anything.
1: Okay. Do you notice, So there's a little bit of whiplash happening here at Don. When we left her and gone, she was fucking pissed at Willow and Buffy. Right. And we backed her up. We're like, you have every right to be upset, Dawn. And then in this episode, she's right back to like being friendly with Willow and checking up on her. Maybe there is a little bit of hesitancy there still too, but she she did ask if she's okay. And then she's like with the Scoobies and she's being a team player. So like a little bit of whiplash here.
0: Absolutely. Cut to the Double Me Palace. After hours, Buffy is in the kitchen snooping, <laughs> looking for clues. She hears a noise and she says, Manny? She walks towards the noise, trips over Manny's severed foot, which we recognize because of the saddle shoes. And Buffy says, guess you really were a lifer. (laughs) Like, no empathy. (laughs) The macabre humor in this episode, I am just Uh, so here for it.
1: So Willow is doing chemistry and whispering, you don't need magic, you don't need it, um, to herself. Dawn is talking to Xander and says her friend Janice, remember Janice, her sister's a lawyer, and Xander's like, you think I should sue over the burger? That's interesting. (laughs) And uh, Dawn's like, no, no, I just mean that Buffy's never going to be a lawyer or a doctor, anything big. Xander says, well, she's a slayer. She saved the world. That's way bigger. And Dawn says, yeah, but like that means she's going to have to have crap jobs her whole life, right? Minimum wage stuff. I could still grow up to be anything. But for her, this is it.
0: Oh, I see Dawn has reached end of season three, Buffy. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Xander says, okay, but maybe you'll be a lawyer or a doctor and use your money to support your deadbeat sister. And Dawn says, that's terrifically better. Thanks. And I was like, to be honest, that is exactly what Giles would want Dawn to do. (laughs) He's like, if you're going to be here, whoever you are, you're going to be useful to Buffy. So you are going to get a really intense degree. You're going to make a lot of money and you're going to give it all to Buffy. (laughs) That's your purpose now. And also this points to America's fascination with capitalism and money because it makes Dawn feel like not being a doctor or a lawyer is a waste, right? Like if you happen to just work at a restaurant for the rest of your life, like that's not good enough is what Dawn is saying here. And, you know, we know that's not the case. That's just her buying into the whole, you finish high school, you go to university, you get a really well-paid job yeah. and you you do your time in a government office like Doris so willow says hey guys i think i've got it so xander comments on on all her chem stuff and asks if uh they're potions and willow's like no it's it's not magic it's chemistry you can tell by how damn slow it is (laughs) i made a solution that reacts to the proteins in human blood so we're pretty close to knowing for certain anya runs in just there she's like i'm here i'm here and don's like we're doing chemistry and she's like oh so sorry i hurried (laughs) (laughs)
0: i like this joke although i will say chemistry is pretty damn fast it's what powers all of our bodies
1: Ooh, good one xander says did your friend have a good time and then leave (laughs) and anya's like she's gone xander says so on the way she looked with the face that's not what you used to look like was it and anya says is there something wrong with that did you think she was unattractive and xander says is there any answer to that question that won't make you nuts? Oh, fuck you, Xander! Xander, shut Harris. the fuck up, oh, Xander Harris! Oh my god! Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! So we haven't had a, we haven't had an outburst like this in quite a while with Xander. But like, what the fuck was that? What? The, what? Okay, the- so
0: was first that? off, first off, right? I think it's pretty obvious his insecurity over her attractiveness is really bothersome to me. It's like, you're agreeing to marry Anya. You do realize you're going to grow old with her and people are going to age and not look the same way they look right now. You know, and and Xander also commented back in Once More with Feeling about her toes being hairy. And it's like, my dude, like, I'm not saying that physical features aren't important and attraction isn't important in romantic partnerships for some people. But the way you're fixated on how Halfric in this case looks or how Anya used to look, like she doesn't even look that way anymore. But it's more like, did you used to be ugly in my opinion? Like, ugh. Like the way the way he's, ugh. Men. It's, some, no, it's because some, man. The, the
1: key feature of Anya that Xander's attracted to is her looks.
0: I thought it was her tight embrace. It's her tight
1: embrace. <laughs> and her looks, um, it's not like he's... Until, like, you know, more towards season five, it's not like he ever really cared about anything she had to say. Like, like Anya was saying earlier, he he's the one that's always correcting her. There's something... M- loving her is hard. So the fact that she is goddamn beautiful think, makes it so much easier for Xander.
0: Well, if we really want to unpack this, like, I think Xander is with Anya because she wanted to be with him. Well, yeah. Like, she chose him, right? Like, she's the one who's like, I'm not going to leave because... Because it's the apocalypse, right? At the end of season three. And she's like, come with me. I want you to live. And so she stays for him. And then in season four, you know, she's the one who's like, we should have sex. And they do. And then she's like, I'm going to be your girlfriend now. He's like, okay, I guess. He's never chosen Anya. It's it's always been, I guess Anya is my girlfriend now. I guess I'll ask her to marry me now. Like, he's with her because she wants to be with him. And that makes him feel good. And so the idea that maybe one day she's not going to be attractive anymore is freaking him out because he hasn't actually, like, done any work on himself. Well, and
1: he doesn't love her, right? Like, we I already brought it up. When yeah. when he originally yeah. told Aunt Anya that he loves her, it was the same episode that Riley left Buffy. We were saying then, it's like, it just sounds like he was like, oh, shit, this is this is what they're going through. I don't want to be alone. So I'm going to go up to my girlfriend who he'd already been dating for a long time and tell her the things she needs to hear to stay, you know? And I think that's where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. And this is also so classic Xander that he can't even consider for a second that it is him who comes up short in the eyes of Anya and particularly <laughs> Anya's friend. So he didn't even get a chance to talk to Hallie in any way, shape or form to hear that she is not a fan of Xander. But he got the vibe right away. Like as soon as Anya and her started talking, you know, catching up and being girly together, he's like, I'm out of here. And now he's saying like, did she leave? Like, okay, did you, did you see your friend? Didn't ask, Like, did you have a good time? How is she? He said, did she leave? <laughs> right? So again, Xander, fuck you because maybe it's not Anya that's the problem here. It's you. Just, just think about that for a second. And the last thing I'm going to say about this Calling Anya nuts? Real nice. Yeah, Real nice, Xander. Oh. All right. <sighs> so Anya says Halfreck was always considered to be a great beauty. And Xander says, Well well, hun, she was a little, there was some vaininess, And Anya says, it's not like you're so perfect either. Exactly. Uh, she's like, what was your, str- what, what with your strangely large upper arms and your tendency to criticize? <laughs> Xander's like, huh? Because he's literally never been called out before. Willow is done her chemistry and she's like, there's no reaction. And Xander's like, oh God, no, no, there's no reaction. And Willow's like, well, that means it's not human. And Sandra's like, it's not human. Anya says, yeah, um, she asks if it's demons meat. And she's like, maybe someone's killing demons and using them as cheap source of meat. I mean, we've all heard of that. <laughs> she's like, and by the way, I'm opposed to using demon meat no matter how much money it saves. Does that surprise you? And Sandra's like, again, I say, huh? <laughs> so Willow I'm, Willow says, I'm not sure what I'm seeing. Cel- cellulose? Like, there's something weird here. It's plants!
0: <gasps> Which is actually kind of prophetic when you think about it.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, it makes me kind of want to try a burger now. So we cut to Buffy, who was carrying the severed foot around the kitchen. Um, she finds a gray wig, and she's like, wig? Wig lady? And the old lady from earlier, the pie eater, was uh, is behind her. She's bald now. And she's like, oh dear, wig lady. Is that what they call me? I don't care for that. I mean, I have to do something to hide this. And Kara, a penis, shoots out of her head. A penis with teeth. Can you imagine?
0: That's not how I was going to describe it, but okay. How would you
1: describe it? A worm? A wormy?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, the special effects in this part of the episode are really bad. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's a penis with teeth. So, um, it sprays Buffy or jizzes all over her with something. Oh my god! <laughs> paralysis spreads, and she gets Buffy can't run. She's paralyzed so um the woman says don't try to move dear you really can't much the paralysis spreads upwards by the way you might want to flail your arms a bit while you still can did I ever tell you that you're my favorite double meat workers you're so full of double meat burgers and and you just slide down so smooth I just love the paralysis it means I can eat you slowly so this is this is a monologuing penis demon (laughs) she's saying this while Buffy tries to get away by leaning on the counter at first and then she falls to the ground she managed." just to knock the penis away and then she army crawls to the back area.
0: I'm sorry. The fact that you keep saying the penis, I'm just like...
1: That's what it is, Kara.
0: <laughs> Can we say like appendage?
1: No. Nothing is more fun than saying penis on this podcast. I don't get to say it as often during my day as you think. <laughs> Alright. So Willow is approaching the outside of the restaurant and she's peering through the window and Buffy's hiding from the creature in the back and Willow goes to the drive through intercom and she's like, Buffy, are you there? I can see you. I can't see you inside. Uh, Buffy, if you're in there, the burger isn't people. And um, Buffy is trying to crawl away. The penis jumps out at her and she keeps crawling. Willow is like, they aren't even meat. It's all processed vegetables. Isn't that weird? Buffy, there's more. Something happened today and it wasn't my fault. It was Amy's fault, but I feel so bad about it. It was Amy's power that I felt like I was doing everything myself, but I felt like I was doing everything myself and I couldn't stop. And now it's gone. I feel kind of shaky and like I need it, Buffy. And this is really bad timing. Okay. But I love that Willow is reaching out to Buffy, that, that Willow is telling Buffy what is going on with her. Like, that's so not the pattern over the past couple episodes, except for uh, in Wrecked and Gone, right? So, it's it's a nice continuation of this bond that they're rebuilding together. I like it. Mm -hmm. It's just bad timing. So, Buffy is listening to this as she hides, and then the penis finds her, and the lady lifts Buffy up, um, who's paralyzed fully now. And the penis starts biting Buffy's shoulder, and Buffy's struggling, and um, a pan falls to the ground, and the meat grinder turns on, and Willow hears the noise from outside, And um, the penis is biting Buffy's shoulder as Willow runs in and distracts it. And the old lady says, visitors, how nice. And then the penis tries to jizz on Willow, but Willow screams and ducks away. And the creature goes back to biting Buffy's shoulder. Willow pops up behind the woman and says, missed me. And she slices the penis off of her head. The woman collapses. Buffy collapses. Willow runs to help Buffy, um, who ends up stabbing the penis, which is still alive on the ground. It's like, ah! She stabs it with a plastic knife. Willow puts the penis into the meat grinder, and it pops up at one point. She's like, ah! And she pulls it back, pushes it back down because she's a lesbian now. And it gets <sighs> grinded.
0: <laughs> yeah, so many things wrong here. I mean, for, for one thing, right? They're going to have to shut that restaurant down because that is not osha compliant putting non-sanctioned products in the meat grinder you're gonna have to definitely fix that yeah i could have done without the weird monster of the week
1: i have it at all you know i mean it is funny to say penis so much
0: well and something else the monster's not responsible for the zonked out behavior of the workers right like the monster's not putting anything in the meat no so their behavior is solely down to Manny crushing their souls.
1: <laughs> yes. And that's the the humdrum of your everyday work life in that kind of industry, right? So Buffy's paralysis is wearing off and Willow's like, I did it. I killed it, Buffy. Look, <laughs> good for you, Willow. Um, they, they watch the meat fall to the ground and they're both like, ew. And I was like, these two girls, this is the second episode in a row where Willow and Buffy are fucking kicking ass. What a dream team. It's the next morning.
0: At the summer's home, Amy rings the doorbell. Willow answers. Amy asks to come in. Her new place isn't set up yet, and she wants to borrow some stuff, like detergent. And my question is, like, so your new place, like, your cage that you just took? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, imagining Amy, like, casting a spell that, like, grows the cage. So it's, it's a life-sized, like, a human-sized version of a rat cage. Interesting. Is she putting herself back in rat prison? She is, what she is,
1: is what I, I think you're trying to get at. <laughs>
0: And Willow is, like, cold. And she says, you really can't. And Amy says, well, when they start calling me Stinky Amy, I'm just going to say, hey, not my fault. And Willow says, I can't spend time with you anymore. You can't come in here again. And Amy says, you didn't like your birthday present? And Willow says, that's right. And I just have to say, Steph, again, I really hate Amy in this episode because she's doing this thing that people who are users and abusers do, which is they... They know they've crossed the line and they know they've done something wrong. And it, basically, it's a form of gaslighting where they treat you with this fake pleasantness as if they're daring you to call them out, right? Amy's like, oh, you know, if they start calling me sneaky Amy, I'm just gonna say, hey, no, I fault.' like, I'm sorry, are you not going to talk about how you just forced Willow to use magic again against her will? No, you're not because you hope that she's not going to bring it up and you can just roll on over. But Willow says that's right. She's not happy with her birthday present, and Amy says, "You're telling me that you didn't have a genuine blast. Come on, it was a sweet spell. It was like a trip to Disneyland without the lines
1: um was it <laughs> did you, like okay, it looked like all Willow did was make things floppy like it didn't seem like she had anything interesting going on besides the fact that she now had magic in her, which she already had
0: yeah, no it, it, yeah I mean, I think the episode just kind of glosses over it, but yeah. Willow says, you don't get it. What you did to me was wrong. Do you have any idea how much harder it makes everything? And Amy says, you know what I notice? You're not denying you had fun. Willow says, shut up. Amy says, ooh, sharp argument you got there. Were you on the debate team? I forget. I forgot a lot when you were failing to make me be not a rat.
1: <laughs> okay. Lest we forget who made themselves <sighs> a rat in the first place, Amy. Right.
0: Thank you. And Willow says, Amy, if you really are my friend, she's not Willow, you better stay away from me. She won't. And if you really aren't, you better stay away from me. Mm. And with the threat hanging there in the air, Amy walks away.
1: So that's a threat from Willow that I can get behind, right? Like, I don't like when she threatened Giles earlier in the season, but this was called for.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. Again, I won't spend any more time on this. Amy... You've lost me. I'm sorry.
1: The moral of the story is don't be friends with people who dose you without your consent, right? Like, that's, that's what Yeah, it exactly. Is, yeah. <laughs> so um, that is a good for at least eight years more in rat prison, Amy. I hope you enjoy your time there. Buffy is returning her uniform to the manager's office at the Double Meat Palace, there's a new manager sitting there her name is Lorraine Ross she comments on Manny just disappearing and Buffy's like I think that used to happen a lot around here so Lorraine says she's heard about Buffy um, and that she caused a big scene and Buffy's like yeah practical jokes not really right for the workplace I so get that now I just wanted to return my uniform and before Buffy leaves she says the the double meat medley is vegetables and Lorraine's like how do you know that and Buffy says I guess it's true so Lorraine asks Buffy to close the door and to have a seat Buffy sits and she says it's a formed and texturized meat-like product suitable for grinding. It's blended with large amounts of rendered beef fat for flavor. And Buffy says the secret ingredient in beef is beef. (laughs) And Lorraine says, Buffy, you know something powerful here.
0: So it's kind of like a plant-based burger product, like Beyond or Impossible Burgers, uh, with just the addition of like beef because they don't have the the proteins that they have now that makes it taste like beef
1: yeah it sounds pretty good honestly because beyond burger is pretty good
0: hashtag not sponsored please sponsor us but
1: sponsor us please uh lorraine says buffy knows something powerful here the double meat reputation is built on a on a reputation of meat you can't spread this around buffy says i get that it's a valuable secret isn't it and lorraine's like is there something you want And Buffy's like, I need money. And Lorraine says, you want money? And Buffy's like, no, 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 not that way. But yes, but no, (laughs) I want to work. I have zero money coming in and there are expenses. And by the time I interview for a new job and get hired and go through the training process, I'd really like to not be fired anymore.
0: Buffy, I would just take the bra. Right. (laughs) I would just extort Lorraine.
1: People died on the premises. If you want to keep that quiet, you're going to give me $10,000. Right? Yeah.
0: 10,000? Th- no,
1: staff. 50,000. <laughs> sure, he got 50,000 from Giles. <laughs> so Lorraine says, I don't want any more practical jokes. And Buffy's like, I promise. Lorraine says, I'm a little short handed right now, and you're already trained. So I guess, you know, I think you cannot be fired. And Buffy's like, thank you. That's great. I can do the job. I promise that too. And Lorraine says, I hope so. I don't like short timers, Buffy. I like people who want to be here. Maybe you didn't take this job seriously before, but from now on, see this? And she's pointing to her five-year pin. She's like, I want you to be shooting for this from here on out. And Buffy says, right, from here on out. Cut to black. Lorraine is way friendlier than Manny, right? But she's still committed to the life or life at Double Meat Palace, right? <laughs> she's still just a cog in the machine. I will add too, we never find out what... Was under the pickle station.
0: Maybe that's for a future episode.
1: Ooh, who's your hero? Halfrek. Oh, excellent. Pointing out
0: that Anya deserves better than Xander.
1: Mm, love that for us. Love that for Halfrek. Because
0: sorry, I just I have one more other comment, which is there's something really unfortunate going on this season where Anya and Xander the last couple of episodes have had very little screen time, other than to remind us that they're planning a wedding and you know clearly like a wedding episode is coming up they've barely been in the last couple of episodes and i i don't like it because i like anya and i like xander as characters and i like seeing them interact as members of the scoobies we saw a little bit of that with xander and gone but like they've really been sidelined for this you know mid part of the season and we see that here again where it's like the only role they really play is a little bit of comedic relief and then oh by the way they're getting married but also Xander kind of hates her so I, I'm a little upset about how they're treating these characters right now and I do appreciate Halfric coming in and kind of like putting that lab shade on and being like by the way we know that this is bad
1: yeah no no, no. I hear you my hero I picked Willow and Buffy hell yeah and I, I love that you picked Halfreck as well so Willow did her chemistry did her science she didn't do magic from her own free will you know what i mean like she she was something bad happened to her Mm -hmm. a friend betrayed Mm -hmm. her in this episode and she handled it really well at the end and and opened up to buffy about it so well done willow and then of course buffy like i said earlier it's admirable what she's doing because no working at the double meat pals is not her glorified job it's not what she wants to be doing but she's doing it for the sake of dawn and that makes her a hero to me
0: absolutely All right, we got some hot steaks. Uh, The first two are some defenders of the Double Meat Palace episode, both from our Discord, actually. Shout out to our Discord peeps, uh, prophecygirls.ca slash Discord, if you want to join us. Uh, And then we've got a hot steak about Willow. So first up, we have uh, Moon Safari from our Discord wrote into us and said, I know a lot of people do not like Double Meat Palace, but I actually appreciate this episode a lot. Let me tell you, if you've ever worked in retail or the service industry while being severely depressed slash emotionally burnt out slash in deep grief, this episode is a mood. I suppose that Life Serial and Flooded do kind of the same thing, where it shows someone struggling with mental illness and trauma trying to adult and failing at it, but that's why I also like those episodes. As a neurodivergent individual with comorbidity, I identify with Buffy's struggle to fit in. She does it well enough, but oftentimes has slip-ups that reveal her slayer powers or get her into trouble with normal folks, even though she's well-meaning. I identify even more that not only this season is she trying to fit in and adult, but she's also doing it while struggling with trauma and mental illness, which makes it even more difficult to keep her head above water. I like seeing the struggle because in reality, it usually is never pretty. Thank you for sharing that perspective, Moon Safari.
1: Our next one is from Laura, who says, I think this episode would have been better had there been no monster at all. The suspicions of Buffy as her work colleagues start to disappear would have hit home harder the ills of capitalism, especially in low-income, high-turnover industries such as fast food. It is mundane, repetitive, and mostly unrewarding work. McDonald's and other fast food outlets actually threatened to pull sponsorship of the show because they saw how damaging the betrayal was. That's interesting, actually. Um, When Xander says, I think you're you're seeing demons where there's just life, hints at Buffy's need to fight something to make her life a little more palatable because if she can fight something, then she doesn't have to dwell on the reality. I know it's another instance of Buffy not being believed by her friends, something you've touched upon already, but it really would have worked in this episode. Just like all the other episodes, even the body, Buffy had to fight something supernatural so that we're reminded that this is the show.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like... I just said that earlier, I was disappointed by the monster just because A, the monster really has nothing to do with the attitude of the workers, and B, I'm not a fan of the effects and design of the monster, as we've established. Mm-hmm. So yes, very well said, Laura. <laughs> Our last hot take is from Chally. Uh, Chally writes in to say, Kara asked if the writers made this change in Willow's character happen too quickly. This change never seemed abrupt to me during the show. I just assumed Willow changed between season 5 and 6 from the grief and stress of not only losing her best friend and the guilt of not having been able to save her, but also having to lead the Scoobies in a world without the Slayer. I assumed that pressure and using magic more changed her in the moments off screen. Willow does have lucid moments sprinkled throughout the season, which made this change more believable. She's not completely gone and inhuman. Uh, when she does come back, it's such a relief, and it makes me realize how painful it is to watch the tension and disillusions of Willow's downward spiral. Yeah. Um, interesting point, you know, kind of addressing something I brought up earlier, and I appreciate people writing and sharing. I, I think this is a case of where, like, I neither agree nor disagree. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I agree that with you sharing this perspective, and it's hard to talk about it because it's like, well, we don't know what happened off screen. It's off screen. Um But I, something I really do agree with here is the tension that we feel as we watch Willow spiral. And then like you and I noted in this episode, Steph, this is like the calm before the storm, right? Like Willow's doing pretty well here and we're really proud of her. And so I'm wondering, like, can she keep that up? Because typically with addicts there can be relapses and backsliding and i'm like are we due for that in in an episode or two
1: also like where's tara like we need tara's presence you know where we miss it it's been a couple episodes now
0: well yeah again like tara should be a series regular at this point Mm -hmm. there's no there's no excuse all right well thank you for your hot steaks everybody thank you to all of our buy me a coffee supporters especially our chosen ones uh, Susanna, Reese, Joshua, Luis, Nicola, Julian, Jordan, Kayla, Holly, and Lizzie.
1: Amy, Ricky, Tasha, Haley, Jace, Allison, Erica, Destiny, Kyle, and Emma. Thanks everybody. We will see you next week. Bye thanks for listening to prophecy girls if you want and can't afford to donate head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecy girls for one time and monthly options
0: we appreciate all of your support even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week
1: we also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels follow us
0: at prophecy girls podcast on tiktok instagram and facebook and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter.
1: Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Molik See you next week.